Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband Aaron joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. Welcome back to Real Life Marriage. Today we are here with Rachel and Adam Dowell, who are friends of mine from church. We are church family. And actually, Adam graduated from the same college as Aaron and I back in Missouri. So even though we're here in Texas, we are alums from Mizzou, right, Adam? That's right. <laughs> that was our first connection, actually. We're on creative team at church together. So we have gotten to know Adam and Rachel, and they are a very sweet, young, relatively newlywed couple. So uh, this will be fun, and they have a wonderful, unique story about how they met and how they fell in love. So I'm going to throw it to you guys and tell us, you know, the stats, kind of what you're doing now. Do you have kids yet? How long have you been married? Just those basics. All right, so we met the summer of 2012 and dated for about four years long distance. And so now we've been married for almost three years. This July will be three years. And no kids yet, but in the works for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about it. Yeah, so like she said, we met and dated long distance. So getting married was kind of the first time we had to spend time together. So. Yeah, so back up a little bit. Tell us how you met. You weren't at the same college. You didn't grow up in the same town. How did you guys meet? Yeah, so we met on a mission trip in Nicaragua. I was going with High Ridge, with our church, and I went for a week with our team. And she was already down there interning with the uh, ministry, Voice of Hope, that High Ridge partners with down there. So she had already been down there for a week or two and was staying for a week or two after that. And we just happened to be there at the same time. I was there for a week. We exchanged phone numbers and got to know each other and continued the conversation. Like you had said, I was in college in Missouri and she was in college in Arkansas. So we made the drive back and forth. Well, I mostly made the drive back and forth because we stayed. We would go to her parents' house for the weekend and just that was our time to get to to spend time together so so when you left nicaragua were you mutually pretty interested or was it still really really new and didn't really have a feel for where it was going i think it's crazy how quickly we knew that this was going to be it it was weird because like complete strangers met for one week and then by the end of the week he, he went home and told his family like hey i just met this really amazing girl and we were talking texting, phone calls, FaceTimed constantly. And it was just, that was it. Was yeah. your first kiss in Nicaragua before you left? No. no. It was, okay. <laughs> it was pretty soon after that. She came and visited and we went to a Rangers game with her family. And sometime that night, I guess when saying goodbye at the hotel or something, I think it was that night. But it was not too soon after, after we yeah. left. Yeah. It was impressive how relaxed our parents were about it like my parents were okay that i met this random guy in a foreign country <laughs> from texas and they were okay that we were dating long distance and yeah. how old were you 
Between, yeah, between freshmen and sophomores in college, so yeah. 19. So still really young, too. Yeah. It was pretty Wow. Nice. Yeah. We had just, both had just gone through our first year of college, so it was the first break from actually the stress of that first year of college. Were you both actively open and looking for a relationship if the right person came along? I was actually dating someone at the time that we met. <laughs> oh. That was like a rocky thing that I was trying to get myself out of, and Adam was my way out of it. <laughs> okay. So I yeah. was actually with someone, but I think Adam was available. <laughs> and Yeah, I was single and wasn't really looking for anything, and she mentioned later that her youth pastor growing up, the guy who married us, said something to the had always said something to the effect of, when you're least looking for something, God will provide it to you. Something along those lines. He said that if you quit chasing boys and you start chasing Jesus, then you're just going to look over and he's going to be running right with you. I love that. That's actually exactly what happens because apparently he was trying to get my attention all week and I was oblivious because I was <laughs> to, like helping the teams do whatever they needed to to help reach people and then I'll look over and then it just blinds are opened and I was like oh there he is <laughs> yeah. so how long did you date before you proposed Adam that'd be like two and a half years I think so we met summer between freshman and sophomore year and then I proposed Thanksgiving of senior year and that, that entire thing was long distance right like only seeing each other on weekends a couple weekends out of the month because yeah we were both still in college in different states and even during the summer i was back home working and she was back home so we didn't see each other you know for long periods then i guess the longest we were together while we were dating was that following summer we went back down to nicaragua to intern together and so that was like a month but that was in the mission field in this in a foreign country so we didn't really, you know, count that as like real world experience. It was very much, you know, in the battlefield type, not really paying attention so much to our relationship. But the missions, yeah. that's probably the longest we were together. The time that we were together slowly started to go farther and farther apart just because. I think we were just more confident in our relationship and we're like, well, we're fine. Like we know this is going to be us in the long run. We don't have to see each other every Yeah, we weekend. knew this was going to be, it got to the point where, you know, after we were engaged that final semester, I probably saw her maybe once or twice that whole semester. But by that time we were planning a wedding and it was much less about getting to know each other and more of just being our formal life now. So let's talk about that. The getting to know one another. There's a lot of conversations, some of them really deep. You know, you got to ask some hard questions to really figure out if this is the person you want to spend your life with. Would you guys say that most of those conversations happened over the phone and FaceTime or did those happen when you were together? I think that happened over the phone and FaceTime just because we did that more frequently than we saw each other. And so whenever we were with each other, that was whenever we got to do like the dating and stuff that a lot of the serious talks, either whenever I would think of the question, I couldn't wait until two weeks later. to talk. To sure. Them. So we would talk on the phone for hours or FaceTime for hours and just get deep down into that relationship. Thank goodness you guys were born at the time when long distance phone calls don't cost anything. 
helped. <laughs> it helped, but there were definitely some hard conversations we had over the phone or over FaceTime where just getting to know someone and digging deep into their past, good or bad, you kind of like, well, I don't really want to be having this conversation over the phone, but I can't just drive six hours to see you right now on a Tuesday night or something. So did you guys wait to have sex until your wedding night? Yes. So did you set up, like, did you consciously set up boundaries and safeguards for those weekends that you were together and those weeks that you were together? Because I would imagine there was a lot of pent up physical desires. Not only were you waiting, but you were also not seeing each other. So yes, but I, <laughs> I would say with confidence that we never once stayed within those boundaries. Okay. If the end goal is sex, I'd say we approached 99% of that line quite often. Never crossed it, but we got pretty close to it. We never crossed <laughs> the big line, but there were several lines before that we had crossed, like you said, month or month and a half of not seeing each other. And then it all just gets pent up into a weekend. So we actively tried and were like, okay, that that was wrong. Let's set up boundaries. And then a week, you know, three weeks later, it didn't really matter. And <laughs> we weren't too strong in that. It, yeah, we were not very strong in that area. So looking back, is there anything that you would recommend to other couples, long distance or not, but just couples that are making the choice to save that for their marriage, the way the Bible instructs us, are there suggestions that you would have? So ours, I think, was kind of unique because when I would visit, we would both be staying at her parents' house for the weekend because I, you know, I didn't get a hotel. And then at the time, she was off at college. So whenever we would meet, we would go back to her hometown and both stay in her parents' house. So now, like if we were dating now and both in the same town, you know, we could have dinner and a movie, and then go our separate ways. Whereas we both were staying in the same house, so it was much easier to lay on the couch and watch a movie after her parents went to bed, and then that naturally kind of turns into more, where if we were dating, I guess, conventionally, where you're in the same town, you go on a date and you can separate, that kind of makes it, I guess, easier to set some boundaries because you can, you're not living in the same place. Yeah. So say don't ever be in a situation that would lead to that. Like we would always be at our parents' house, but then they would be out of the house or, and we would be in the bedroom or something like that. Just if you're ever going to be in that situation, either have someone else there or just don't put yourself in that situation. It has to be a really conscious decision, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Have someone like in your life that you can trust that you know is not going to sit there and be your third will but also have either a group of people there with you as like a group date or be in a situation like out to the movies and dinner and then say that that'd be it and then split split ways. Because yeah. it also wasn't very attractive to us to, okay, I'm going to come visit for the weekend for the first time in a month and then I'm going to stay at a hotel or when your parents go to bed, then we separate. We were very much in, okay, we get to see each other for a day and a half, so we're going to spend every second we can together, which in turn just leads to some of the extracurriculars. But definitely, if, if you can set those boundaries and stick to them, whatever that looks like, then 
I don't think it it ruined our relation, you know, sexual relationship or anything like that. No, but it caused I, a lot of guilt, I think, between us because then we would feel bad because we crossed those boundaries, and then that would lead to arguments. Like we would then start the blame game of like, oh, well, you did this, and then we would be fine, and then it would happen again, and then the guilt happened again. Yeah. But definitely would help if we if you keep those boundaries. Helps with a lot of tension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how long was your engagement? A year and a half. A long time. Eight oh my gosh. <laughs> so that last year of engagement where you guys you guys were still leave, living in separate towns. Yes. Up and until working. the day of the wedding, we were both living in the in different towns. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about that. Let's talk about going not only going from dating to finally being married and living with this person, but people joke about now I have to live with him and it's so different living with a guy in my house or the guys say, and this girl, this woman's in my house now. And there's all these things. Y'all had literally never even lived in the same town until you were living in the same house. Right. Um, Which he was used to having a girl because he has a younger sister that's just like a couple of years. So he's used to girl habits and hair right. everywhere. I'd never lived with a boy, had zero <laughs> brothers, had no idea what sharing a bathroom with a boy was like. Yeah. That was interesting. And just Isn't that funny? Just... We always talk about the bathroom. That's so yeah. funny. That it's like <laughs> sharing my bathroom. <laughs> Sleeping in the same bed and rolling yeah. over and some you're touching someone's leg when you're used to just rolling over and having what size bed did y'all start out in queen yeah we have queen okay yeah it was quite an, an adjustment especially like you say going from not only just engagement to marriage but different states mm -hmm. to living in the same house we had to figure out i think it was a good adjustment like people usually say it's like oh my gosh it's so hard to get used to someone here but i loved having him here every day and i mean it came with arguments and stuff but no. i would take that over not having them here every day so um, what were some of the unexpected things that came up that were hard or turned into arguments that you didn't expect one thing for me is i didn't come here with a job so i came here and i signed up to be a substitute because i'm a teacher and at the beginning of the year they don't need substitutes and so i think for me it was i didn't expect to feel like I wasn't a contributor. Mm. And so I'd just spend my day shopping, putting the house together, but then I would feel like not guilty, but feel like I shouldn't be spending this money because it's not my any money that I earned. But that was something I got over once I started working. <laughs> yeah. And which once you finally started subbing, it got a little better, but that was kind of something we had both had jobs the year leading up to the wedding but then i purchased a house like a couple months before the wedding so i spent every penny we had because so we could get a house and so i never expected to go into marriage with financial rough patches even though like that's easy to think now like oh well of course you don't realize what it takes once you get married and, and oh, if you have a house, well, expenses are everywhere. I think we're both pretty smart with our finances. And so we weren't used to being that tight on money. So I don't think we actually thought about it being that close of a financial. And both families issue. growing up, neither of our families, neither of us kind of experienced 
financial difficulties in our mm-hmm. families. Most, I don't think neither of us are rich by any means, right. but both our families pretty much were all stable and money was never really a problem. Mm-hmm. At least see. Right. So seeing it for the first time of like, oh, our bank account just went negative this month and we got to make sure that we move stuff around for the next month. It was like, <laughs> but it only happened a couple times. And that was some of it was just, you know, paying thing the wrong week. And so it takes everything out at this one time and, you know, technical stuff like that. But seeing your bank account in the negative starting out, you're like, that's not really what yeah. we thought it was going to be. Yeah. What else? Anything else that felt like a hurdle that you had to get over when you were first married and living together? Communication. (laughs) That's the natural first answer is communication, (laughs) how to talk to each other. Talking on the phone long distance, if we were frustrated or aggravated, you just end call and that's the end of that conversation, but you can't do that in person. Mm. Knowing how to communicate with each other, how to read what the other person's facial expressions are showing or what their body language is showing you and how to deal with that. That was a big hurdle that we're just now starting to get over. And I also found various conversations we had over the phone weren't the most cordial. And so realizing that you put a face to the person as opposed to over the phone, as harsh as it may seem, you can kind of have a more harsh tone over the phone without feeling yeah. Whereas you get in the same room with each other and you either don't want to be mean because it's your wife or there's a lot bigger consequences if you're angry or mad with each other. And so getting used to having cordial conversation with each other and disagreements because I'm not a great disagreeer. So trying to have productive conversations without getting angry or mad was kind of tricky just learning how each other went through tough times or how we dealt with conflict and learning how you can have a productive conversation was kind of tough. I think that's probably something that most of us take for granted is that when you're dating in a typical situation, you learn one another's mannerisms and body language of how they're feeling. And then, and y'all didn't have that. I had never really thought about that. So it was a whole new oh my gosh, what does that look mean? Or what does that body shrug mean? Or why did she turn her head that way? Or why did he walk away? That's a whole nother level of communication that y'all were just figuring out. And I, just now thinking about it, I assumed that he knew we'd been together for four years and he should know that whenever you say that to me, I'm going to react this way or this is what this facial expression means. And Rachel, you said you guys are really just kind of starting to get good at that. So it's taken a couple of years to really figure that out. Yeah. And I think the main thing that we learned was that we both deal with, you know, disagreements or conflict or fights in the complete opposite ways. Mm-hmm. I want to just hash it out right then and there. Let's get it over with the 30 seconds hug. And then I my mind is past it already. Whereas she likes to think about it, you know, take time to just think about it and be quiet and absorb everything and make sure her thoughts are what they want, what she wants them to be, and then have the conversation later. Is that kind of what you meant when you said you're not a good or you're not a big disagreeer is you kind of want to just work it out and be done with it? Right. So initially I just thought when we were having a disagreement, 
I would talk, 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 try to work it out, and she would just get quiet, and that would make me even more upset, not realizing that the reason she was getting quiet was she just wanted to collect her thoughts and go through it all so that she could answer in the appropriate way, whereas I don't think about that as I'm sure most guys are. It's just a thought comes up, and it comes out of my mouth, so we've slowly learned that well, I like to do that, but then she likes to do it this opposite way. So I knew if something came up and she was, you know, being quiet or would go to the other room, I understood that meant, well, let's just give it some time and 30 minutes we'll have a, a productive conversation and get past it. So now I understand that's the way it is and I don't get angry about that anymore. And but it took, it took a little bit of time. And it took us a while to realize that we need, we needed to voice that. Like we just assume they know what's going on, but obviously you can't read minds and so it took us a while to just get over it sit down and voice how we feel how we handle things and how we um, would like to see them react to certain situations that took a while yeah that's a really good example of communicating your feelings and needs allowing each other to be heard without consequences and then starting to understand and meet one another in the middle a little bit more. Adam, have you found that you're comfortable now that it's okay to give her that time? Or is that something that's still really hard because you just want to fix it fast? I'm not 100% like in agreement towards it, I think. But it's definitely a lot more understanding of, her, of what she wants the conversation to be like. Whereas I would prefer, because there's, I don't want to say tension's the right word, but there's still kind of that aura and the air of, the you know post disagreement battle or whatever you sure want to call it. and so i would prefer for that to go away as quick as possible because my mind is still thinking about well thinking about everything i just said did i regret any of it and so the longer that goes on that i would prefer for that time to be shorter but i understand that if we it's better to have a productive conversation about it and if that means her taking time to think about her thoughts and think about the situation, then I'm on board. Yeah. Rachel, what about you? Are there ways that you think about it differently or process differently to try to meet him a little bit in his direction also? Definitely. So now instead of taking as long, cause I'm, I won't lie. Like I would take time to think about it, but also I would take time cause I knew I was so mad at him. Mm. So wait as long as possible. <laughs> so half of it was, with bad intentions, the other half was I wanted to think through the, the conversation. But I definitely now I want to get to a conclusion as quickly as possible, but obviously not rush into it. So I think we're resolving our conflicts a lot faster now that we are aware of each other's needs and um, just trying to get to the solution as quickly as possible. And I can admit this on behalf of me and maybe even guys in general, but as much as I would say that I could be over it in 30 seconds, if the situation hadn't resolved herself, itself and she had like, you know, gone into the bedroom to think, I could turn on the TV and say that I'm fine, but in the back of my mind, I'm still like upset that I made her upset or I'm just upset at the situation. So until it is fully resolved and we've both to come to the conclusion where we can move past it, I fully couldn't move on in my own mind. So then I would be either beating myself up or beating the situation up in my mind in quiet for the whole time that she's in the back doing whatever she needs to. So 
secretly in my mind, I would still be pretty upset about it, which would lead to bad thoughts just on things I wish I would have said or regretting things. So as much as I think I could say, I'm if I say what I want, I can be over it and be fine. But if I know she's in the back upset, then I can't really move past it yet, knowing that she's upset, whether by my words or just by the situation. Nothing. Yeah. We didn't really say this aloud, but we don't really say I'm fine. Like obviously you're either not you are or you aren't. So either we know when we're not okay or we talk it out and say, Okay, I'm I'm okay with this, this is how I feel, we've resolved this and now we can move on. Because usually I know for girls when we say I'm fine, we're not fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So him say that whenever he would think that he was fine, you're not. So I think just eliminating the phrase I'm fine is a good be honest good thing to do yeah is there one you know main category or topic that you when you think back to these disagreements that you've worked through is there one main category that you feel like more often than not you had the disagreements in first thing that came to mind just now is just expectations like i would have a certain expectation of him so either that be what he would do out socially or my expectation on how he would handle a certain situation and he wouldn't meet those expectations and so then I would that would start an argument between us because he was clueless because I wouldn't voice those expectations and then I'm mad because he didn't reach it so I think that's one thing that a majority of our arguments were over were not meeting the expectations that I never even told them. <laughs> I love how many times you've already alluded to this expectation that we have as women for the men to be able to like read our minds or anticipate what we expect them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did a mummer minute on that. Um, I'm doing a series about realistic expectations. And that's one of them that I just talked about was, you know, that they can't read our minds. We have to tell them what we're expecting and needing, you know, so. We, we grow up with, the media and rom-coms and romantic movies. Mm-hmm. The guys are always there ready to do something that you hadn't even thought to ask them yet. And so that's not, sadly, not, that's not reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys still date? Yeah. Yeah, we do. That was something too. We had to voice cause I, again, the word expectation, I had a different expectation of what a date was considered than he did. And so then I would feel like, we never went out on dates because we never would go out of the house and try something new and all that stuff. But he thought just being together and doing an activity together was a date. Sure. <laughs> so once that was voiced again, things got better. Yeah. Yes, we still date. <laughs> Very cool. Cool. Okay. So earlier we talked about all the pent up tension and all of the desire. And so I suspect that y'all got married and ever since then the sex has been perfectly amazing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. It's more complicated than that, right? Um, So it's kind of like I said just a few minutes ago about how movies and all that portray sex to be and it's in our case it's not at all you can't like we don't do it every single night all the time hard coming from the honeymoon where it's new you're doing it all the time Mm. like okay so what is his expectation of what how many times what are we going to do is this 
what you're wanting. Would you say that was one of the harder conversations to dig into? Was that sex of like, what do you expect? What do you want? Yeah. Because at first we never talked about it. So then it got to the point where we weren't having sex because either I didn't want to, he would feel rejected or other way around. And it got to the point where we weren't having it very much. And so then I felt already almost a year in and our marriage is failing because we're not having sex. And just assuming other couples, it's like, well, other couples are probably having sex five times a week. So we're, what are we doing? You know, but it took a long time for us to get to that point. And part of it, um, our premarital counseling wasn't deep in this area. So we never really had the conversations going into marriage about the expectations, which we would advise every couple to have those Mm -hmm. expectations. That's good. And where even both, you know, parties in the relationship are coming from, um, you know, their past, whether they had had sex or not, and that could, you know, affect what your expectations were or, or anything kind of like that. So we didn't have those conversations. So deep down, I was thinking one thing and she was thinking the other and both blaming ourselves. And then that doesn't lead to a sexual moment blaming ourselves or being upset with the other person when you don't when that one person doesn't want to um and then i would get to the point of going into it being afraid of rejection just looking like an idiot of Mm -hmm. wanting she says no and then i feel weird just kind of laying there like oh all right yeah so we finally had to have the conversation about what we were both expecting out of just our sex life in general, mm-hmm. how often, what our turn-ons were, what our lead-ups were going to be, what our, I guess, triggers were. So, because you just never know, we just would expect, okay, well, now we're married, so therefore our internal you know, clocks are just going to click on, and then it's just going to be, we're ready to go all the time because now we're married. But it was even the opposite, where it just kind of was like, well, we're married now, but it's... We're allowed to have sex now, and it kind of took away the tension of getting close to it, because we were full of sexual tension while dating. Now that you're married and you're allowed to do it, it's like, oh. I hear that over and over and over and over again, you know, that that you want it so bad, you want it so bad, you want it so bad, and then the day that comes, and now it's God-blessed, you know, and <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can live without it. I mean, not necessarily for the men and sometimes men and women are flip-flopped, but it's just so different once that. Yes. And also in our minds for the four and a half years, anytime we were together, everything was so pent up that we couldn't keep our hands off each other. But now that you're married, you're with each other 24 seven. So that obviously can't happen. So then when you start going, you know, a day in in between or two days, three days, and it turns into four or five days, you're kind of like, are we messed up? Because, you know, we were dating and we couldn't keep our hands off each other. And the other thing is once you're married, you're now doing life together. So you're making all your decisions together. You're one another's number one supports, you know, and so all of that goes into the whole sexual relationship as well. Whereas when you're dating and not making all those life decisions together yet, you don't have that stress on the relationship. It's all so closely intertwined. Mm -hmm. So the misconception that I hear you guys saying is 
we expect that when we get married, all of a sudden our sex life is just going to fall into place. We'll want it at the same time. We'll meet one another's needs. It'll always be great for both of us. And it, and if you don't have a conversation about it, it's likely to never be that way. You got to talk about those things. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Is there any final encouragement or suggestion or challenge, anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with today? Communicate. Communicate those expectations. <laughs> yeah, in everything. In everything. found with pretty much any topic we've talked about, whether it be in groups or mentoring or being mentored, anything, it all kind of leads back to communication, whether that's actually talking about it or setting expectations or, or what, whatever it may be, having good conversation and being open with your spouse. And that ends up turning into knowing so much about each other that mm. you don't need to communicate it out loud. But if you never communicate it out loud, you can never get to the point of like seeing body language or just knowing what they're thinking. So everything kind of starts with communication and getting things off on the right foot. You know, it's either having a communication in the moment, whether that be a disagreement or a decision or kept setting expectations, whether that be financial, spiritual, sexual, all of that at some point is, is dealing with communication. That's good. And if I could just add to that, the communication is not only being willing to talk about your expectations and talk about your feelings, but also allowing your partner the safe place that you're going to listen and receive what they're saying without there being a ramification for them sharing their feelings or their expectations. Right. And yeah. another thing we found is at certain points, I, and maybe she can agree that I wasn't always expecting the best out of her. For some reason, my mind would go to the negative. I'd hear what I thought was an attitude or I hear her say something in a bad way to me or something when in reality 99% of the time the best is what's coming from your spouse mm -hmm. so always expecting the best from them I love that and that'll eliminate a lot of those small little disagreements you can get into when oh I thought she said something rude to me when in reality that's just not it mm -hmm. at all you know, that kind of goes back to my little soapbox that I jump on all the time about you're a team you're a team yeah. and so if you're if you're viewing one another as a teammate then you're going to expect the best. You're going to know they're on your side. I love that. Yeah. Well said, Adam. Thank you. Okay, I didn't warn you guys about this, but we're going to do a little newlywed question game, okay? Hey. Like okay. a rapid fire questions to see in almost three years of living together, how well you know. <laughs> so um, I will, let's, I'll ask Rachel, I'll ask you the questions, but you answer for Adam. Oh gosh, okay. And then Adam, you say if she's right or not, yes or no. Okay. Okay. All right. What is Adam's favorite color? Blue. Red. Ah! <laughs> it's one of the two. It's, it's yes, I one of the two. <laughs> What's his favorite restaurant? Rodeo Goat. Correct. Nice. And for those of you not in our area, that's a fabulous burger joint. Where was your first kiss? Oh, we already talked about that after the Rangers game. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, how many? Ch oh, how many children do you want? Two. Yep. Okay. That's a good question for y'all since you're so very intentionally thinking about that right now. Where would your where would Adam's dream vacation be? Alaska. That is one. I'm I don't know if I have a, a there's a group. So that Okay. Is, but that know. falls in the group thing. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, what's his favorite sport? To play or to watch? Oh, good question. To play. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what's his favorite one to watch? Baseball. And? Football. Yes. <laughs> Baseball Depending on the season. Yes. <laughs> right now our TV is on basketball. Cool. Cool. Okay. Summer or winter? Summer. Yeah. Beach or mountain? Depending on my mood. It's a tough one, huh? Yeah. Adam, you're very indecisive. I'm I'm getting this feeling of... (laughs) (laughs) What is Adam's primary love language? Touch. Yeah. Favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Uh, Pulp Fiction. It's, again, it's a group of them. That's one of them. (laughs) Okay, and would he choose to watch a movie or read a book? Watch a movie. Yeah. All right, very good. Adam, you ready? Answer for Rachel? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Favorite color? Orange. Yes. Ah, restaurant? Italian. Nothing specific. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, how many children does she want? Two and maybe adoption. Yes. Okay. May I just, a word of encouragement, since y'all haven't even started yet, just revisit that question every time you have a baby. I swear it changes. You know what I mean? As you get into it and you're like, I'm never having another one. And then all of a sudden you'll be like us and have five. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Dream vacation. Tropical somewhere on the beach. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, so we'll go ahead and say beach or mountain. Beach, definitely. (laughs) A hundred times out of a hundred. Yes. (laughs) What's her favorite sport to watch? None, but maybe football. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no. uh, summer or winter? Summer. Goes with beach. Very good. Love language? Quality time. Yes. Me too, girl. Favorite movie? Pocahontas. It's my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> favorite Disney movie. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's one of those things where I have a different favorite movie for the different genres. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And would she choose to watch a movie or read a book? Watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all should just go watch a movie together. Yeah. (laughs) Find a new good one. There's a bunch that have just come out. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining me. It has been a blast. Thanks for sharing so openly. And we just hope that this is an encouragement to other couples, whether they're still dating or still in the newlywed stages. We just really appreciate you sharing your story. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of strengthening marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.